Hi there, welcome to the GST podcast. Competition season for a lot of you athletes is upon you. So for this week, we get stuck into the topic of how to get into competitive CrossFit because even Steve and I were beginners once um, and we're joined by videographer Carl Moss who joined uh, us and the the athletes out at Wadapalooza earlier this year. Um, From experience we discuss our thoughts on how to best get into competitions and how to navigate the problems of doing too many competitions as well which can ultimately hold you back sometimes and stop you from reaching your full potential. But conversely, we also go into detail on how waiting too long and trying to get to a certain level before you compete isn't the best solution either. So like we usually do, we go deep this week. Enjoy. Two super quick things. First, if you can like, subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you listen to it, we'd really appreciate it. Second of all, our new phase in GST athlete and our other programs started on the 9th of May and we're pretty early on in this phase. It's going to be around nine weeks long. So now while we're still early in the phase, it's perfect time to get signed up. Go to the podcast description to hit and hit the link and join the team. Rom? Yeah. Well, Veron, yeah. Sebastian Veron. <laughs> I'm on television. Oh, mate, how tall are you? Yeah. I'm a little bit smaller. I can't even touch. I can't even touch the floor here. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's the biggest box. There's a small one. No, there's there's not mine. I don't yeah, know where it is. I think it's that chair there. Jack, let me do it. I'll take. You're alright, go on. Hey! Imagine that, that girl's mid podcast. <laughs> I'm 90 kg, remember? Big enough. Right then, welcome back. It has been uh, it's been a while, hasn't it, since we last did? It's been a month or two. I guess it probably has been two months. Yeah. Um, but we've got a few requests requests from people on the programme. Um, a few people we've met over the last few weeks said, when's the next podcast coming out? So <laughs> we decided to get our act together and record the next one. Um, we're actually joined today by Mr. Media, our Mr. Media man himself, Carl Moss. Big up, Mossy. Big up to me. <laughs> we were actually just chatting about like what we were going to talk about in this podcast before, and then um, we're going to talk about the journey of a CrossFit athlete. Like, how does someone get into CrossFit and then decide that they want to be competitive with it? And then we asked Carl, and yeah, you give some pretty good insights that I think would be good worth talking about and some you know similar points to myself yeah. and possibly Jack as well so yeah we got asked this on a uh, when we do the story takeovers on Instagram uh, last week and it was how to progress from um, someone who's just coming to a CrossFit gym and doing the CrossFit classes and then how do you progress on then to be to get into CrossFit as more of a competitor mm-hmm. um, and then kind of like what are the stages and what do you need to go through to like make that next step up to be able to get yourself you know, ready to be able to compete in a competition? So I feel like it's best to start with you, Mossy, and just give an example because I know a lot of people will probably be able to re- relate um, to how you kind of started in, in CrossFit really. So you want to give like a bit of a back, like how you got into it and, and yeah. whatnot. So by no stretch of the imagination am I a CrossFit competitive athlete. You Just remember, like, did you compete in CrossFit this weekend? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm not a, I'm not a thing. So what did you say, like, One forty. He's an athlete. So it's like I got. So we had this conversation just earlier. I got to CrossFit by what I think what everyone does. Seeing it on social media, isn't it? That's on YouTube. YouTube. One of my mates at Army showed me on YouTube. Next thing, it was like the Saturday, and I was like, oh, I was like <laughs> and then we were talking about basically. What you? What was it when we first? So, so you watched it on YouTube. Yeah. I watched it on YouTube. So I don't know. Uh, I watched you... a YouTube video. It was a Netflix documentary, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So I was watching live CrossFit games. Yeah. Next thing, obviously, at this time I didn't train. Do you know what? I think I did train. But you took your army training. But it was literally just running army stuff and then like a bit of bodybuilding stuff. But I only started training when I was twenty-five anyway. Right. Yeah. So this was like late twenty-five. 
so I thought that I'll try this CrossFit sort of stuff. I was under the pretense that then you start then you start going back watching every CrossFit video you can find on you. The trouble <laughs> is when you do that is you end up in 2008. Yeah. When yeah. CrossFit workouts were like butterfly pull-ups and press-ups and stuff, and people thought, well I did when I was watching them, I thought I was under perception, not knowing anything about training that. If I do that, yeah. I'm gonna get massive. Yeah, I'll and it's like, you know, yeah, but that's basically you think, you see him doing it, you think, that must be how you get massive. Right, one minute, I'm going to Morrison's, fruit and eggs, paleo diet, let's go, what's that? And then, um, started doing it on my own, started doing it on my own at the army, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Got some injuries for doing that. Like the army gym, is that just like just normal, the army gym? Like a global gym or whatever? Nah, what's an army no, gym? Whatever. Like? Like, um, it would have a rig, it had a rig, right, like, okay. like a Beaver Fit rig, it had a rope, it had, yeah, yeah. had rowing machines, like a decent one, right, like, okay. decent thing. So it had, in, it had enough equipment to do crossfit cross there. Yeah, so. Are we so, talking out in, you know, no, tour, right? no, I'm talking talking in, in Stoke. No, so I'm talking in Stoke. I just started doing it on my own, but like finding workouts online. Do you know, like main site, going on main site workouts, what's workout of the day. Yeah. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't even think about there being that massive strength element around it. Yeah, yeah and it was just savage workout. Yeah, right? it was just workouts, I had to work out. Yeah. Just yeah. balls and pull like, what's up, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we were talking about the mindset at the start, yeah. like with my, I was such a novice in the brain in terms of training. If I'd had any training background, I don't think I would approach it the same way. But I would go to, end up coming to JST, and then I was in the mindset where this threat, this workout is five rounds. It's rowing, it's box jumps, it's deadlifts, and it's 15 deadlifts, uh, whatever, 90, or whatever the weight would be. And I was thinking, 15 deadlifts, 15 deadlifts, to set a 15. You do that. It's unbroken and that's it. <laughs> that, like, to me, I read that as it's, it's a set of 15 and it's a set of 15 and it's unbroken. It's, it's yeah, a set yeah, of 15 and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's literally all I thought. I didn't even consider the fact of breaking it up. This is why I ended up with the fear of conditioning, turning up to work out, getting nervous before once. I'm pretty sure everyone's been there, like nervous. No matter what, even in the gym, yeah. like you've done your back squats, you know. Gotta send it in a minute. <laughs> from, the, from round one, yeah. twenty minute on wrap. Gotta send it from round one. Yeah, and that's it is bang on. Yeah. So like, I'll just say my my introduction to CrossFit is very much similar. Just wasn't on an hour, on like an in an army gym. I did I had a bit of a background in just like you know your bro sesh training and, and sports before. But in terms of like my introduction to CrossFit, it was the same. Watched a YouTube video, thought if I do that, I look like that, and be able to to do that, and. At the same, I had the same attitude. It's just like I would do a workout, you'd see some scores, and then you, then you, I would see Chris Spieler do this workout. And it was a twenty-minute AMRAP, and he'd be like, "Well, Chris Spieler doesn't stop, like he doesn't rest, so he always goes and broke him. So, yeah. well, that's all I need to do. Then I'm going to go into the gym the next day, do this twenty-minute AMRAP, and literally from the word go, like go as fast as I can and broken, and just, just keep doing that for twenty minutes. But then reality hits about two minutes in, and you realise that. <laughs> they realise <laughs> a bit how I started as well. So I watched mate showed me on YouTube like the bodybuilding gym at uni. Let's do let's do Fran. Got my weightlifters on, you know, like they just got from strength shop. <laughs> made out of chalk is uh, the heel, not chalk, cork. It looks yeah, like it's made out of cork. Um, right, I've got to do these thrusters unbroken. So it's 21, 21 unbroken. Well, we'll rest, we have to rest about three minutes. You know, I started even doing a pull up, but you just think, oh, it's got to be done unbroken. Like, you, it's, it's funny. It's funny yeah. to say it's written. It's 21, and that's it. It's a yeah. set of 21. Yeah, you feel like you have to rest. Yeah. It's not a set of eight, and then a set of seven, and then a set of, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not. It's a set of 21, and that's the mindset you get when you're in. I think that's like, obviously, it's the number one mistake, isn't it? Everyone says it. It's the yeah. first thing you hear. Whatever you do, don't go, think you from the first round. Mm -hmm. There's always one. Seen so there's always, there's always, every, it's always pretty much everyone. Yeah. That's, that's new and get into it. Yeah. Um, so that's lesson number one. You don't have to go unbroken. Yeah. You don't <laughs> have to start as fast as possible. Like, because when you get into CrossFit, you look at 20 minutes, you think it's not long that. Mm. you used to maybe go and exercise for like an hour or an hour and a half at a time. So yeah. you see 20 minute workouts, think this is a short workout. I'm going to start as fast as possible. But 
soon start to realise that 20 minutes, you know, of, of two to three exercises is, is quite a long time yeah. to be spending on, on a few exercises. So, yeah, I think it, that, that's the first thing that most people learn, I think, when they get into CrossFit, that there needs to be a pay, some form of pacing element in order to actually, like, survive, enjoy, well, survive <laughs> and enjoy <laughs> doing it. Um, <laughs> Like get and even get something out of it and not break down and be super sore and you know and not be able to come back to the gym for the next yeah. few days. Yeah. Um, how, Carl, would you say one or two weeks in? Yeah. How did like what did you realize like what did you start realizing that you needed to do um, or did you realize anything in order to like actually get better? Like what needed to change from your initial like attitude? The thing is. Not nothing, not that soon. It literally no, took me months to realise that this is not the right way to do it. Mm. And then I don't, I don't know, I don't know where it came. I don't know what I think it came. My strength came training more got involved when I became injured because lashing myself doing pull ups, thinking I could yeah. do it's the one thing I could probably do. And I was thinking, I'm just getting this straight away. Do I put five pull ups? Before I knew it, I was like, I'm king of pull ups here. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of tore my rotator, so I tore my rotator cuff, and that's when. I started to really, I think I come away from CrossFit then, I think I started doing like bodybuilding training and when I ended up going back to CrossFit after like six months of bodybuilding, I just felt way stronger, do you know what I mean? So I think it's, at that point I learned about the strength training and the accessory and why that's so important and then ever since that injury I kind of focused on that more than that, conditioning the importance of it, but then that's at the same time, my fear from conditioning then grew more and more because of this one round sending thing, this injury, yeah. that's what happens when you do that. And then I thought, oh, I won't do so much of that actually. And then I start weightlifting. And then that's why now I'm at a stage later down the line where I still do have a bit of fear of conditioning. <laughs> and if it's weightlifting, it's one way max. I'm like, yeah, right, go on then. And if when it's, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and mixing the so it's like, it took, me, yeah. it took me to the point of getting injured. To, to like do a bit more research on yeah. what I really need to be doing yeah. and I think that's I think that needs to be communicated early yeah. if anything I think if you're walking into a gym for the first time and you're going to go through your first workout or whatever it is I think that person possibly even needs to be monitored like do this and told what to do yeah. so like just to monitor how, uh, the fatigue because that fatigue will It'll cause you to, I think it's that bad it can be, personally for me, it would to stop doing conditioning completely because you know how bad it is and you think that's the way it has to be done and I feel like that if that's communicated well from the start, it would probably be a different story. Yeah, just connect, connect the two. Would you say that you're, you're like, you naturally just had like a bit of a, you wanted the competition like side of it, like you saw like the competition side of it and naturally like wanted to to work towards that. Because yeah. I think a lot um, of people are getting into CrossFit and they just want to like, just want to be... Uh, do you know what, well, you know, well, for a, for a time, I didn't go through a stage, you know, I think everyone goes through a stage of that proper, when you get involved in it, you get proper obsessed on your foot. Yeah. Oh, I guess you get like infatuated for a short period of time and you're hammering it and you think, you think you're going to games and you go, yeah. do you know what I mean? You have six months of that and I definitely did have that. And when I left the army, I said, I'm come and went to be a CrossFit coach, I think that would be, it was then in that six months. Mm. But um, I've never, I've never seen it as, I never thought I would be competitive from the start yeah. or I would compete. And it's, it's still even now, like I wouldn't, yeah. do you know what I mean, aim for the ceiling really, because I know, I think you find out what it takes to, yeah. to do that. Yeah, it's really just good. a bit more, what, what about you? Um, in terms of what? In terms of uh, like, did you, when you started, did you have in your mind that you were like, oh, well, I'm going to compete here? Yeah, I think what, what took over quite early for me was, um, so I, I got into it in 2010 or 11, and the only real thing there was CrossFit.com. Mm-hmm. People, they, they would release a workout, workout results would be in the comment section. Yeah. So like straight away for me, it was do the, do the um, workout you actually have to go all the way back home build the computer and have a look because you didn't have phones um, you didn't really have phones then with internet or good internet anyway so it would then be like go through all the comments section and then it'd be like right well this is my score and then looking at all these other scores and the cool thing was it was like jason Kleber's scores would be in there because yeah. he would be putting scores and they'd be yeah. like uh jason from you know 
California, Disco RX, like age 25 oh, or something. Yeah. I mean. So like you see all these people, you start to like learn names and learn people's mm. names. Um, like who people were and where they're from. So straight away, I was always like on that vibe to yeah. do the do the main site workout and like compare it. And as soon as I started realizing that, you know, I'm beating ninety percent of these scores that are on here, then it was kind of like a bit more of a, a push as to like, oh, well, you must be, you know, quite good at this. Yeah. Like, and then straight, so then straight away, I was just into always trying to be competitive with um, on the CrossFit side of it. And to be honest, what I really didn't enjoy about training before finding CrossFit was training to look good. Like I was just never really that bothered about looking that good. It was always really training to either make me be fitter or stronger at football. Mm. Um, I was never really overly obsessed with like getting a six pack yeah. or you know being. Massive. Um, <laughs> so like straight away, like that performance element of it, of comparing mm -hmm. the competition, was just what brought me in um, straight away. Yeah, similar. So for me, I obviously trained for a, from sixteen till twenty one to get massive, really. <laughs> but I feel like I, I did. I didn't do it. I wasn't that. I was. I wasn't that bothered about looking good. I did like do it to look good at the time, but I just didn't didn't know any other way of training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just one way. That was it. Yeah, like I sailed and then uh, played rugby for a bit, and like I wasn't really aware of any you know anything out there that would help me like get better than really. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the whole YouTube thing, like we said before, like my mate Rob showed me, and I was like, I was like, I can do that. Uh, and then next thing you know, you start you start dabbling in it, don't you? And, and yeah, that's it. Like you're like, oh, like I'm just gonna try and learn all these new movements, and it's a bit more interesting than just being like doing it to look good. Because I've always had that competitive side with rugby, and you know, and everything else. But training's always been really consistent. Like it's always been there, and then it was nice to be able to be like, ah, oh, I really enjoy training. And now I can add this competitive element yeah. in there as well. I think what's in what's interesting there is that you got Carl who just said he's, he's not overly like too bothered about being a, a competitor because you kind of you know you can see yeah. what what it what it takes to get there. But you still enjoy training and want to push yourself to get to the point where you know. Uh, yeah, I do. I never used to like. Do you know when you just I just don't like the thought of like not being able to do something. I always hated that. Like I remember I couldn't do double unders for proper ages. Yeah. And like doing things like that, do you, know, you just can't do something? It's yeah. like when I've been when I've started doing my videos and stuff like that. Yeah. And like I watch other people and I think, why can't I do that type of thing? <laughs> and I'm always like, it'll just annoy me if I can't do it. I'm not bothered if I'm if like yeah, I want to be the best at it. Some description is always going to be someone better than me. Crossy uh, because I've not put all my eggs in that basket. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's other stuff going on, and I'm 30. I'm not mm -hmm. 21 and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But like, it's just that element of being able to do everything. That do you know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to understand whether it's understand what hundred meters or yeah, fifty yeah. yards or whatever it is. It's like as long as I can do it mm -hmm. to a place where I can then progress it. It was the it was more than not being able to do it at all yeah. that would wind me up. If and something come up, can't do it. I think that's and I think like we'll get people people watching this. And then they'll straight away they'll be like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Carl's yeah. side. Like, I want to be, you know, I'd like to do some competitions, but I'm more in it about like personal development to be able to learn these new skills and as to like to be able to take myself from A to B and like get better at something and anything that kind of like gets thrown at me, I see it as a bit of a challenge and get better at it. Mm. Whereas I think I don't know if you were like this as well, Jack, but mine was my mindset was kind of like. That's what I need to do a competition. That like that's how many reps. That's how fast you need to do it. That's yeah. the way that you need to do it at. Um, to be able to because I knew that I wanted to get to like be in competitions yeah. and, and be winning competitions. So I think people will in them early stages of CrossFit like you you highlighted that within the first like, six months of doing CrossFit that that was kind of like what you wanted to do. And within my first six months of CrossFit, I highlighted that I wanted to get as high as I can. In, in competitions, I think people will realise that like, right, why are they doing CrossFit and are they wanting to take it to that 
step of going like super competitive or do they just enjoy doing CrossFit to develop and like, like, like personal development? And I think we actually have that full range of people, like Carl's on the program, we have that full range of people on JST mm-hmm. where we have the people there that they do it because they want some structure and they want some good guidance to be able to personally develop, learn new skills, get stronger, be fitter, mm-hmm. and to do the odd competition as a fun thing in the weekend. Yeah. But then they have the other <clears throat> spectrum where, you know, the guys that are outside here training mm-hmm. now, it's it's their career, it's their life, it's yeah. what they want to achieve um, and take to the highest physical level um, mm-hmm. possible. And I think people need to need to identify early on, yeah. like where they're going to be. Otherwise, yeah. if they don't identify, they start trying to be over uh, over here, but. They're trying to be there because I think that's where they need to go, but it's not what they want. What they yeah, really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's the commitment aspect. I, for, for me, because it's so young and that, there's like, um, do you know, like, oh, you can play football, you can play in League One and you can get paid enough to have it as a career, but you're only a League One player, but you're probably on like four grand a month or whatever it is. So you're like, this is all right. It's more than four grand a week, League One. Oh, well, well, do you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Well, League Two then, that'd be four grand a week. Some of that conference might be on foot. Do you know what I mean though? Yeah. Like that, there's that ladder there, was what I find with CrossFit is, if you don't decide early on like you say, because of the commitment aspect that it actually takes to get there, you need to identify the fact whether you are over here or you're over there, because ultimately you'll get to, 29, you won't really have a job, but you won't be even competing CrossFit again to an extent where you're going to be making money out of it. But you've got to see it as like more of a career path because the commitment aspect is ridiculous, isn't it? Like, you're not running a full time job doing two to three training sessions a day, recovering well, going to be an accountant, coming back, getting a good sleep at night, and all that sort of stuff. I think the the catfish that is like, people have done it. People at the small games this year gone, I forget the lady's name full-time teacher, I think she's got kids, mm-hmm. she's having games. Um, so like, and those stories are yeah. up because they are amazing yeah, stories, but they're, they're, they're pretty unachievable for them. It's like what, one in, how many yeah, people yeah. do CrossFit now, one in, yeah. you know. Yeah. There's probably yeah. an impact story, yeah. like background yeah. to the sport. The, I think that comes down to the, how strong like, the why is as well, how strong she actually wanted yeah. that, and whether you can match that, do you know what I mean? Some people it's like, it is hard to do at the end of the day, it's like, it's no joke, is it? No. If you're gonna, you have to really want to do it to put to enjoy yeah, what these guys go through and just for the sake of doing it all, do you know what I mean? You're never gonna get there yeah. either way. So like you said, her thing was absolutely so strong for some reason yeah. that she managed it. But I'd say on the most part, it's probably not gonna be because it's gonna take you an amount of years to get there anyway. Yeah. It's like, can you endure that for that many years to achieve that goal? Like it's a big thing. Yeah, I think going going back to like the next point that we wanted to get across is is when you've gone into CrossFit, you start doing a CrossFit class, you've realised that you want to take this. You either want to like get a lot better at it mm-hmm. and take it more seriously than someone who just likes to go to the class, be coached, and do the class. Like you want to take that step up. Yeah, like I think that's where. That's usually what people, they either decide they want to take that step up or they're happy in the CrossFit class. And obviously they're the taking the step up is the step that a CrossFit athlete would mm-hmm. um, would need to go through. Um, and it's at that point when they take a step up, like what is what is that step? Like what are the differences that they need to make day to day in their life and in their training for it to actually, for, to actually make the step up? Yeah. Um, and I think if you're taking what we were saying then about the, the injuries that you got, yeah. you know, I got injuries, I was ripping my hands probably every week for the first year of doing CrossFit um, and just little niggles uh, like here and there. I think the important thing that people have got to um, understand is that when they're taking that step is that the, your, your approach to trading now changes. Mm-hmm. You're not just turning up and doing CrossFit workouts yeah. every day. Um, you know, you're then at, you're then trying to develop at the at the sport. So you've then got to identify like the different demands within the sport, the weightlifting elements. Both Olympic lifts for starters are an absolute rabbit hole of technique that you need to go down and figure out. And it's not just a one size fits all 
technique either. Like you've got to figure out the best technique for you based off limb length and, yeah. and current strength and or imbalances. Um, and then it's the actual strength squats, pulls, presses, mm-hmm. um, and then we've got all these gymnastics exercises. Which, and all of these exercises are probably everything that we've probably not been previously exposed to, unless you've had a background in like a similar sport before. So we've got a lot of you've got a lot of skills that you don't have a, a huge amount of exposure to. I know I didn't when I started CrossFit in terms of the gymnastics and Olympic weightlifting, even squats and deadlifts didn't mm-hmm. do that many of. Um, and then suddenly they become like the foundation that you need to be like excelling at yeah. to be able to, um, you know, progress yeah. in CrossFit. And a lot of people feel overwhelmed when they're like, literally, oh, I need to get better at this, and I need to get better at this, and then I need to get better at this, and it's like, that's when they, they literally, you know, that's where some people's heads fall off and like, I'm either all out or they're just like muddled. They don't, don't I do feel like there's a big drop off at that point. Yeah. And I think then some people, would you say that you do this as well? Like some people, because they get overwhelmed and there's a drop off, like some people just forget CrossFit altogether. Like they'll just go away from it. I'd say you almost went through that point, you know, when you got injured and you're like, you kind of took a step back. Yeah, I think it, uh, yeah, I did take a step back. I don't think it's. I don't think I was gonna fall. I always intended to come back when I did right. it yeah. because, like, bodybuilding stuff. It was just like I was. I didn't find it. Yeah, it was all right, but it was just a means yeah. of training. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not, yeah, I do like doing that sort of stuff, but the drop off for me. But I do. I know what you mean with the programming thing because you feel like you have to do every single movement every week, or that's it. When the reality is, if you just build the basic foundations, what I did, I went for a stage where I don't know, I think I read it somewhere. I literally basically lit, I put five things down that I was like really terrible at. Yeah. And then it was like double unders, thrusters, war balls, probably still be there now. And like, you know what, five things I thought, right, if I just. Look at them five things from weaknesses and like all of, everything was a weakness yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time. If I just make sure I focus on these, um, then it'll be kind of sound. I think, it's, I think it's good advice to, to take as well, though. Is like, you know I, I labelled them like all the Olympic lifts and the strength and all the gymnastics. Yeah. Um, but if you pick the five things, like you just said, thrusters and wall balls and yeah. something else, thrusters and wall balls yeah. straight away, very similar. Yeah. So it's just like you can start like. If you start building an understanding of what it is that you're weak at, um, and like that are your weakest, yeah. you call it the lowest hanging fruits, and then just working through, like just have a process of like, like working on them and building them up yeah. until you can reassess them, and maybe that exercise is no longer in, in your fire, or that movement pattern is no longer. Do you know what was actually really good though that you did? It's like you wrote down those five things. Yeah. So. If I, going back, you know, when I started, I was like really good at everything that was pulling because I'd done a lot of sailing, a lot of climbing, and then I'd obviously done strength training for like five, six years, so I was, I was pretty strong. Yeah. And if, I, if I'd like had that picture at, at the start of been like, right, I know I'm good at all this pulling stuff because I've done lots of pulling like before, and I'm pretty strong anyway, but I've not really done any pushing ever, like yeah. properly, do you know what I mean? It'd be like, oh, well, why don't you start doing more? handstand push-ups and trying to just learn the basics yeah. of going, you know what I mean? It's okay. just identifying. Yeah, exactly. So I find people are quick to complicate things as well. People, yeah. and I feel like people, my, a lot of bugbearers, people write a program or whatever, work it, and they feel like it's got to be, ooh, 8, 12, 16, 20. Yeah. And I'm like, what <laughs> it, I'm like, right, okay, well, why, why does it have to be in this format? <laughs> why can't it be, uh, my max, Chest bar pull-ups, it's like you do it on the program sometimes, it's a percentage of it and all that sort of stuff. Why can't it be four chest to bar pull-ups, then like 50 or something, just to get a bit of That's something? But people are like, oh my god, it's not 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, what are we gonna do? Yeah, That's what it's like. So then, 57. And you see and then you see people doing mad accessories like like stuff that I wouldn't know how to implement, like box squats, then you see people um, balancing on benches like one hand on it and one knee on because it's stability and growing. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you just do some dumbbell rolls and stick to like basic foundation strength training and stop all complicating it. Yeah. I think what you, what you briefly touched in there is probably the next point to take uh, away is that um, obviously people who get into CrossFit and you, you love doing CrossFit workouts and you want to you progress. But then by progressing, we were saying like, oh, you want to work on all these skills separately. And then 
and then it's like, oh, when do I do CrossFit workouts? The one thing that I enjoyed like doing in CrossFit, but it's then that it becomes the exercise selection that you that you use in your CrossFit workouts. Yeah. So like when you said like, well maybe I know I can do ten chest bar pull ups. Yeah. Um, so rather than trying, let's like, say ten chest bar pull ups as a max for set. Yeah. Like if I do sets of 10 in a workout then I'm probably going to be knackered into it so maybe I can just do three every round yeah. it doesn't have to be like a round number of yeah. just do three each time um, and just making sure that when you're doing these exercises in workouts that you're not pushing them to a level where these skills break down mm-hmm. um, to the point where they break down that much that you might get injured from doing yeah. pull-ups or they break down and then you start creating bad habits in, in technique because that's where you know the skill and all that technique used to be needs to be worked on separately in a non or a less fatigued state, and then just use exercises that can't probably. And even if they do break down, it's not much of an issue. Like burpees, like crawling up off the floor, yeah. it's not going to be it's probably not going to hurt yourself too much, or rowing or on a bike, or you know something that's it's not going to be harmful to you. Um, you know when you are really fatigued, and I think that's the key thing that is then. You start identifying what exercises can you do no problem in a workout, what exercises are you, you can maybe do in a workout, but you need to be careful how much you do, and then well, what exercises can you definitely not do in a workout, and then you get this like a little bit of a continuum of skill level of exercises, and that's what we kind of ask people when they, when they join uh, the program, or like an individual does, is that they create this, this continuum of exercises, what they're really confident with, like, Strength exercises like they're really happy with them. They could be, you know, they'd be a top of the leaderboard if they came up all the way down to like what's the least competent exercise they've got, and they get that continuum. Um, so if you kept the exercises that they're least competent or the highest skill, trained them separately, kept all the exercises that you're good at or strong, and you did them in workouts, yeah. and then you, you start trying to balance out. Like you said, with a list of five, yeah. that's probably going to be in the list of five exercises that you need to do separate, separately. Yeah. And then you start identifying like your ability as an athlete, your strengths and weaknesses, and what what you do and don't need to work on, and it becomes then less overwhelming. Yeah. Because there's five thousand exercises in, in CrossFit that, that you need to work on. Yeah. Um, I think that's the next like important stage that people need to go through once they realise that the step needs to be taken because like the awareness of of what level they're at what level they want to get to um, and then kind of like you know, just being more aware of the, how to approach each exercise in the training yeah um, I guess then that branches to now we've kind of identified what it is like how do we then go from the actual step from the class onto being As in like you know what what to decide and what to yeah write. yeah yeah you can sit there and plug Joe jo and JSD compete for Roman but ultimately you need to, when you find out what you what you're weaker on you then need to be like well what's my resources yeah. to help me get better at um, you know what I'm weaker at mm-hmm. or watch some YouTube videos that's how I learn yeah learn yeah. um, is there any coaches in my area that if it's Olympic weightlifting is there any coaches that can help me with that is there any gymnastic coaches is there just a CrossFit coach that can help in all areas um, is there someone I can reach out to online and just like what are your resources available in terms of what's close to you finances like yeah. what can you do to take the responsibility to make that next step and not just like if you don't have the knowledge of how to do it I wouldn't just try and like think of the knowledge yourself like there's experts out there now CrossFit's been around for 10 plus years like there are experts out there that can help reach out to, the, yeah. to someone that you know can help you make that step without making the errors that probably I did, probably you did, probably you did because we got because we were in CrossFit when you know those resources, those coaches weren't readily available like yeah. that now. I think for going from class to like a program, I think it's a natural progression. It did feel like that for me, maybe and I feel like I probably did it too soon and I feel like loads of people do too soon whereas sometimes when I went into a CrossFit class and there were people better than me there I think I took the program on more because I was away doing it on my own and I didn't have a class environment anyway because in the army but when I would come back 
and then I built like an understanding of what everyone was capable in the class thinking, do you know what I mean? You can identify the people and you think like, like one of my good friends, Steve, I thought Steve should have been on the programme because he was doing the classes and I thought like he got to a stage where he wasn't getting any better with the classes. He was building to a max every day. Yeah. Because that's what you tend to do in the classes, do you know what I mean? And he was like, he was, I just didn't feel like he was getting any better, Steve. And I felt like he should have made the jump to compete and the, the answer would have been up for him again. Yeah. And I just feel like he was, he's come away from CrossFit now, but he was level pegging for, I'd say at least 12 months. And he was, he was yeah. the same. Um, it, comes down, it comes down to like whether Steve, like, why did, did Steve just enjoy going? Like, did he enjoy yeah, going across the yeah. Did he enjoy lifting heavy quite frequently? And did he enjoy doing cross workouts? It'll, if that's, yeah. He loved it, but he also loved doing four renal trials a year, which leads me to think that he should have probably been in the competition <laughs> program. So maybe he didn't then identify, like we were saying, yeah. like, what do you, like, what position are you in? Like, yeah. what are you wanting to do? Are you wanting to compete? Or he wanted just to train for enjoyment. Maybe yeah. he didn't go through that process of identifying it so that then he did get to a level a few years yeah. down the road where he just does triathlons now, doesn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. pretty good at that. Um, so yeah, maybe. Yeah, he is that, he's that kind of person though. He's come from a tennis as well. It's like, yeah. I feel like I thought, I thought with the Steve being the type of sporting person that he is, he's identifying himself to be more of an athlete competitive type person, he did it in tennis, comes across for it, wanted to do all the random trials, now he's in trial, he's doing, he's been signed up at half iron man and all that sort of yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? he's got it in him, yeah. so I'm surprised he never took that leap when he was in CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe it was then that um, he was overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that he needed to get better at, yeah. uh, and didn't take the initiative yeah. to write down the list, and then, and then go, yeah. like, right, well, how do I, how do I, how do I get better at that? Well, a, a, a great, a great definition of uh, of like trying to achieve like high performance, and ha- obviously high performance can be vary from you know for you if you're trying to balance like work with um, like training, doing CrossFit, it could just be like you do the old competition, like say so you learn all the skills. That could be, that could be like the equivalent to Reggie's cross, CrossFit Games as, a, as, a, yeah. as an example. There's levels, but. Just going back to the high performance thing is doing uh, doing the best you can with what you've got yeah. in the moment that you're in. So doing the best you, you can is obviously identifying all them areas. Uh, in the moment that you're in now, it's like, right, this is what I need to do to take that step forward. And then the, the kind of, with what you've got is the resources. Yeah. So like, oh, I'm gonna, go to that program or I'm going to watch this YouTube video. So it's kind of yeah. encompasses all, all those elements. I think um, with them, I think, I still don't rule out the fact that in a certain amount of years you could be at a certain place, because even though it's just going to take you longer, but as long as you keep plugging away, it might not have the time now, but like in five years time, the accumulation of that time yeah. could be like two years full time and could might achieve in five years yeah. part time. Yeah. Like like still there. You can never like for now, I never thought I'd be able to do this and do that. Do you know what I mean? You you literally I think looking at CrossFit, you go there and you think, I'm literally never gonna be able to do a bar muscle up or whatever. You see it and it's like yeah. wow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's such a daunting yeah. thing and like the achievement when you get one and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I feel like you can never say never no matter what position you're in, like you were saying there. If you stick at it, yeah. down the line, you might be 29, they might be 23, but they've had five years solid training and you've had 10 years part-time training. Do you know what I mean? But you're, again, you're doing the best that you can yeah, with definitely. what you've got. Oh yeah. You know, in the time yeah. that you're in, so. So, let's say, so we're gonna go through the journey of a CrossFit athlete, let's follow it all the way, th- all the way through. So, we've gone from, found YouTube, found YouTube. on Netflix, watched it, got inspired by it, thought, yeah, I'm doing that. Gone to, gone to a CrossFit gym. Joined in, done, done classes for X amount of time, six months maybe, a year, and then they've decided that they want to take it on to the next level. They've identified what they need to get weaker at, and they've maybe found a program, or, uh, yeah, they found a program that they want to follow to get better at it. Mm-hmm. The, the, so they're on a program, mm-hmm. and they're doing CrossFit, mm-hmm. they're trying a competitive program. Yeah. Matt, Nora Olsen, Bjorgvin, Tia Klatumi is also on a programme training 
drain CrossFit and work on the weaknesses. Like it looks very similar to what this person who's one year into CrossFit is doing and what the best in the world are doing. Um, so I think identifying maybe the path that needs to happen, the progressive path that needs to happen. So the, to get to that level needs to be identified. So the ne the next thing, someone's joined the program. Basics. So what world class basics? Dates nutrition. Um, so that's like sleep. Nutrition, hydration, like all those key things that are going to help you to recover from training, yeah. those need to be down because otherwise you might be training, you might be doing double sessions five days a week, but if you're not recovering enough, you're obviously wasting your time because you're not making the gains that you could otherwise be making yeah. with doing less training. Um, I think that is what people will see there. They'll see Tia does probably, I don't know, six hours a day of mm -hmm. training and I'm currently doing like one, right, okay, so I need to do six hours a day of training. So they try and do six hours in one day and then that's them written off and it is that, um, oh, I'll, I'll try and do two hours a day. And even from going from one hour to two hours, you've still doubled the amount of training yeah. time you're doing in a week. So it's like, like you just said, then it's like, well, what can I do that's gonna then help me do an hour and a half training a day? If I'm on an hour now to get to an hour and a half training a day, what can I do to be able to recover to still be able to train with good intensity, not be beaten up, not be getting injured, you know, to be able to hit that training session um, with no problem. I think that's the first step, isn't it? Yeah. The food, the sleep. Yeah, the sleep, hydration, the you know stress levels in what you get maybe get from other areas of, of your life. Yeah, managing the balance. Yeah that are going to affect potentially performance and training. I think those are the main areas, main key areas that also sometimes get overlooked. And the thing is you can you can overlook them and still get quite good at crossing them, mm -hmm. but you're not setting yourself up to be able to get to the best level that yeah. um, you can get at if you don't you know, get these basics um, under control first. I made a post, must have been a few months ago now, about my progression from 2010 through 2015 mm -hmm. of like year on year like training like the training volume yeah. that I was doing um, and it was it was that it was like it didn't go from to from what I was doing 2010 to what I was doing 2015 like in one year it mm -hmm. took five years of progressing off the back of 15 years of playing like sport. sports and conditioning and exposure that I had there to be able to get, to be able to continue to like be adding in this, this training volume. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an area that people need to be aware of is don't jump to, jump to what the pros are doing. Mm -hmm. You need to yeah, build and progress and develop and your body needs to be you know, able to, to survive in that. Mm -hmm. in, you know, what, what you're giving it in training, it's not something that's gonna happen like in a year's time, yeah. we always, and we've said a few times now on podcasts, the whole, uh, like you said just before, like the, the football league um, analogy of like, right, well, you're in the conference, mm -hmm. you, you're not, some people might, you're not going to get signed by a Premier League team, like, if you're not good enough for Premier League, like, you're not going to go into a Premier League yeah. team, you've got to then improve your skills, like, live live like a League Two player in order to get to League Two, yeah. get the promotion or get, you know, be signed by a League Two player and yeah. kind of like make that um, progressive jump, you know, up the, up the standards. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's an easy analogy to understand, but because in CrossFit it's just so like, I can enter the Open and be on the same leaderboard as Tier and, yeah. and everyone else, like, when the Open comes around. It makes things a little bit, makes the lines a little bit more blurred. Yeah, and I think to be fair, what would be quite good is if you had like well, there is levels of competition. It could be year one going to do renal trials, year two and three going to do battle for middle ground, year four five might do like a German throwdown. That's not like a regionals, but it's like a high level comp, and then level five it's like regionals. And then, so, yeah, yeah semi-finals. And again, it's just having that perspective and being able to be like, right, yeah, um, I've got this in mind. I've got this, you know, rough 
plan, rough guideline, and it might it might change. It might be you end up getting semi-finals a year earlier than what you thought you would, yeah. which you know, which is fine. Like, yeah, that's good way to see it. A lot of people just think that. I go always to go to the games. I think yeah, it might be, but you need to like like I said like reverse engineering mm-hmm. the the protocol. I think people don't actually. I think I think it's it's still very blurry between the fact that. How, how, what it actually does take to get there. I think people are quick to be getting that six months progression. You make quite a lot of progress at the start of anything, yeah. because the adaptations there, and you're just like, that's it. Yeah. Three year plan to go to the games. I, that's when it. the games came around, I put a story out like, when the games finished, because I've been, I was interested like how many people were inspired by the games, and then like how many people just then made that decision like. I'm going to go to the game. Yeah. My sole purpose now is to qualify for the games or aim for semi finals. And there's loads. 150, 200 people said that we're training for semi finals. And uh, spoke out like a message from some, some of them back. And they're just like, Lara, so like, what you, what's, your, what's your plan then? Like, what are you doing? And people are like, I'm just going to, uh, I'm not going to compete for the next, like, I've done one competition, but I'm not going to pe- compete for the next, like, two years. I've got a three year plan to get there. I'm not going to compete in those two years and then like third year I'm going to try and get to semi-finals but they've not then gone through that like the tiered process of work like going to um, battle, for, uh, battle for Miller yeah. Arena or Battle for Miller Ground like taking the, the experience and learning the, mm-hmm. the skill of competing from there and, and working the way up to get to semi-final they're literally just yeah. sat in their own gym not getting exposed to any kind of competition yeah. Yeah, exposure and they'll get there and succeed Cause, so say say you know say they do manage to qualify for semi-finals but obviously the process before that has all, all been in your own gym yeah. you get to semi-finals and you just completely treat your pants because you, yeah. you've not been on a competition floor in two three years and then you just weigh out your depth so like I say it's part of the process isn't it doing the competitions and and everything else along the way. Yeah. Um, do you think there's an element of people competing too much as well though? Like, do you think they should just be that and do battle for middle ground on year two, battle for middle ground on year three, you know, whatever it is, do you think it should be that sole goal for that competition per the year or do you think they should have like a bit of a season, maybe do maybe do two of the battle for middle grounds and then and then go back into an off season or what, what yeah. do you think the approach so, should be? That, I think you should always give, put yourself through like a season year and the season will last like a few months um, so like when I was competing there'd always be like end of January would be the first like competition because you change names like four times we've got Battle of London Athlete Games um, that, uh, London Throwdown like that competition was always end of Jan then a few weeks later was the Open then after the Open a few weeks later it was, it was regional so that was like the competition period yeah. there and then after regionals had made the games it was go back into off season and dial in the re- like the areas that I found made the list of five things the, the areas that I found that I fell behind on that I need to get better on to improve like how I perform the following season yeah yeah I think a lot of people would tend to feel like there's too much of the people doing a competition in March and a competition in October yeah. and then that in between bit is like a bit of no man's land because like not really enough time to have an off season but all could before we're back into competitive but and all that sort of stuff. Do you think people's timings are just off in terms of? I think I think I think I think you're right there. I think they can be probably you're better either having it in one block where yeah. you've got like the open competition, or have a big enough gap between the two competitions that you can like you can really work on what your yeah. weaknesses were after the you know like at the open or whatever it was. As long as it's like a good six months, like yeah. after, so like you say, you got time to do it. Then yeah. you know. But it ultimately comes down to again when someone's identifying like how far do they want to go. Like yeah. they're doing this because they want to compete in comps like Battle for Middle Ground. Is that their CrossFit Games? Like is that where they want to get to? Are they happy yeah. at that level? If that's the case, compete every month at that level if you want to. If that's what brings you enjoyment. Yeah. If not, yeah. You know, you're not writing yourself off from doing it. Yeah. Then crack on, but. If you're wanting to get to semi-finals in games yeah. level, and you've got improvements that you need to make, like depends on how much you need to improve, of how much time that you maybe gonna have to dial back from yeah. doing these other competitions, which might hinder hinder your progress in the areas that you need to develop in. 
Yeah. I feel the people on them long-term goals, so I feel like they are competing a lot and they're like, oh, I'm going to go again, but we're doing all these competitions. I feel like, personally for me, I haven't been injured. I feel like that exposure to risk as well of getting that injury, competing all the time, like, you know, like hanging out, trying to do ring muscles or whatever, it's something so high scale and obviously the competence isn't quite low yet. I feel like that risk is not worth the, do you know what I mean? The risk reward just doesn't make sense in terms of, in terms of, do you know what I mean? The direction you want to go. If you're exposing yourself to that all the time, then it's yeah. like, and you're in competition more as well, so you're, it's, it's not like taking an AGM and sit back, you know what I mean? There's no time for that. I feel like it's only takes fall off some rings or something. And yeah, I think the, 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 the thing with CrossFit getting more popular, CrossFit competitions getting more popular over the years, is that you, you, know, you can go and compete every other week. Yeah. Now they're, they're open up again. There's, there's a lot of competitions coming about. Um, we saw a very good example of it in the sanctional season where there was literally a sanctioned event nearly every month, fewer every month, and you could, you could literally enter any of them. Athletes were just like, I'm going to do that one, and they do that, and I'm going to do that one, yeah. I'm going to do that one, I'm going to do that one, I'm going to travel the world, I'm going to do them all. And some of them athletes, like, that's what they wanted to achieve in their career, like, fantastic, but it also blurred the line. Some athletes were just like, well, I've got no clue like, what to do with the season now because yeah. like, there's not like a clear structure. I think it was an easy decision for me to make when I was um, like training and competing and growing up because. There's only two options. You train at the end of January, you compete at the end of January, and then you do the open and regionals, and there's nothing else yeah. that was even there to be able to, to compete in. So naturally, I, I had an off season, I had an in season, yeah. and then just as like as CrossFit grows, then the marketing of these competitions make it really exciting to you know go and compete at them. There's prize money here, there, and everywhere now. So it does just all the way come back to what we had outlined as one of the most important things and as you start your CrossFit journey is like where do you want to go and what do you want to what do you want to achieve like do you want to do it because you want to personally develop that's what about competing do you want to compete and compete in as many different competitions like around the country or maybe in, in like Europe or do you want to get to the top of like competitions and I think if you identify that early on these decisions that you need to make through your CrossFit career are easier to make because it's been identified by yeah. the path. The decision's easier because the paths, you've already written out the path and if it takes you off the path then it's not the decision you make, it's yeah. on the path and yeah. the decision you make. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately that's what it, what it comes down to. Yeah, you just keep an the big picture. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it's, very, it's very hard to do, like it's easy to get stuck in this phase of training, it's like, where does this phase of training sit in, you know, the grand picture of things? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think the community sort of thing as well, where someone says, do you want to do a post comp next week? Yeah. Or do you want to do a team comp in a couple of weeks? And you're thinking, yeah, I do, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're saying, yeah, to everything before you know it, you're, 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 your path's gone off, you're all skewed like this because you're doing a team comp over here, you're doing a post comp over there, you think, I'll do rail over there, and just do this thing over there. Do you want to do this? It's only a, it's only a little one at a box or something <laughs> like that. Before you know it, you've, so your arm off and you couldn't yeah. throw some rings. So, but high focus doesn't have to mean straight lines either. It's going to go up, down, mm -hmm. back, yeah. you know. Back, forward, round, yeah. round. Yeah. Nothing is level linear. <laughs> so before we started recording, I put a um, little story out for some questions. Um, let's see what I, oh gosh, this first one is an actual full podcast. Watched an interesting video on PEDs, performance enhancing drugs and CrossFit. How common do you feel it is? Can we answer that in a couple of minutes? I think we can. Give us a one liner. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's it's common in CrossFit. It's common in any sport. I think personally, I think it's more common in these competitions that have prize money. That where, but the competition's also not big enough to be able to test. Yeah. Athletes know it when they can go, they can go and win, they can win a grand or so at a weekend, mm -hmm. um, qualify for it, and do the competition, and they're not getting tested because it costs quite a bit of money to, to for an athlete to get tested. Um, and there's a lot of them competitions that are popping up, and I feel like that's where it's a little bit more common. Mm -hmm. um, but I also do feel like 
because that, that level of athlete will always just like stay at that level. If that's your mind frame that you need to take performance enhancing drugs, then you've got the wrong mind frame to get to the top of the sport. <laughs> and like people have been caught at the top of sport taking performance enhancing drugs, but I think it's a certain type of athlete and a certain mindset that people that take performance enhancing drugs, like I think they're limited by the, yeah, by the mindset that. that they need to take them. Yeah. To achieve what they need to achieve, where I think there's just not the mindset that you find that these people have got to the top have yeah. in their like, approach to training. Yeah, I feel like that's quite good answer, Scott. Yeah, I feel like it's a good answer to it. Taking that one? Yeah, yeah, I feel like you've, you've covered it there. <laughs> I can't it's always not come off to Twitter, that's not coming off. That's my take. Um, how, would, how would training in the last week before a competition log? If competing, I would set it for example. So it's Monday today. It's Monday. How would training look? Competing on weekend. Five days away. Five days away. Volume would be really quite low. Um, if there should be probably a good amount of intensity on on the Monday before if we're competing on the on the Saturday, um, and then through the week you just kind of try and touch on as many elements as yeah. you can yeah. just so you kind of practicing a little bit of the skill just you know keeping it keeping it kind of drilled in keeping it you know i think the, the most important thing to be aware of is fatigue isn't it yeah last week like you don't want to be going into the competition with um an overwhelming amount of fatigue you also don't want to be super fresh so that your body's kind of like switched off to the demands of the weekend mm-hmm. It's a fine line of kind of like giving your body enough to keep things ticking over yeah. and to be able to perform at the highest, um, but not too much that you're actually like tired when you get to the competition. So rest periods are a big thing. Generally rest periods will go up in the week before competition so that you've got intervals or like sets of something to do. You're always fully recovering in between each set, yeah. keeping a high quality, keeping a high intensity, um, and you're also feeling good about the not smashing yourself yeah. to pieces. I think also the other thing is practicing like if something's been released yeah. the week before, practicing, yeah. practicing that and just uh, putting some time into coming up with some strategy. Yeah, a, a couple of things I got uh, did with uh, Kyle on the lead up to Euro Champs. In the weeks before I said, right, we, we know pretty much there's going to be a max lift coming up. so. I just want you to write your warm-up down of you know exactly what you what you're gonna do on the day. Yeah. And just time it as well and just see how long it takes you. Yeah. So then obviously when the, the schedule for the workouts is released, you're like, right, at ten o'clock I need to start, you know, moving around and warming up. Yeah. And same if any workouts come up, practice it with a warm-up beforehand and write your warm-up and write your thoughts on the workout after and then obviously you can come up with a better game plan for yeah. for it as well. Yeah. Cool. Ed's asked a question, but I feel like this is potentially a follow-up topic for another podcast. Uh, where do you see CrossFit going in the next five to ten years? I feel like that's probably going a bit more yeah. detail that. So the last question is a good controversial one to finish with. Who is a better athlete? Jack or Steve? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carl. <laughs> well, we can't answer. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I think. Know. Do you know what I think is good? It's like we're literally like opposite yeah. athletes. Um, yeah, pretty much in terms of what our strengths are. Your strengths are pulling. Yeah. My strengths are pushing. My weaknesses are pulling. Your weaknesses are pushing. Yeah. Um, how you think? How we think is what we are like the last <laughs> podcast. But that, then I also like identifies. Why yoga certain types of workouts mm-hmm. um, and why I'm uh, dislike certain type of workouts. Um, don't should we do a workout now and decide? Let's do it. Handstand push up, strict handstand push up, that's all right. Back squats. So not a complete answer there, was there, but we'll tell you what. We'll put it out there. You pick one. You pick one. You pick. You pick one. Jack picks one, and then I'll pick one that goes in the middle. What do you mean? 
Well, so you, you pick the movement. You pick the movement. Jack will pick the movement, and then I'll just throw one in the middle. <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna share this question, and then we're gonna make a poll. There we go. You probably realised while listening to that podcast that we said we'd not done a podcast in a while and that's because we recorded that one in September last year. I just thought it was a good one to put out again, like I said at the start of the podcast, with a lot of competitions coming up um, and probably a lot of people just wondering how to get into competitive CrossFit now we've had a good kind of year of training under our belts again. Next week we will be talking to some Scottish people, we'll be talking to some uh, people from down the southeast as well. We've got a, a good few podcasts of athletes, coaches, regional managers lined up, so stay tuned. If you haven't already, head to our Instagram, hit the link in our bio to see what we can do to help you out and if you have any questions just drop us a message on Instagram or if you're already just the athlete drop us a message on Fitter. We will catch you for next week's podcast. Have a great week. <laughs>